do you, when you look at something like Star Wars, recognize some of the themes of the hero throughout mythology? Well, I think that George uh, Lucas was using standard mythological figures. The old man as the advisor, well, specifically, what he made me think of is the uh, Japanese sword master. Remember, a Jedi can feel the force flowing through him. I've known some of those people, and um, this man has a bit their, their character. Well, there's something mythological, too, isn't there, in the sense that the hero is helped by this stranger who shows up and gives him some instrument, a sword or a sheaf of yeah, light, shaft of He light. gives him not only a, a physical instrument, but a psychological commitment and a psychological center. center. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern-day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again, with a K. And also, now you can find me on the Rockfin Network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content. Now on to the show. This episode is titled, Joseph Campbell in the Hero's Journey, with Andrew from the Deep Share Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Conspiracy in the Forest. My name is Conspiracy Kyle, and today I'm joined by a really great guest. I've really been looking forward to this for a while. Um, I have Andrew from the Deep Share Podcast with me. How are you doing this evening? Hey, man. How's it going? Good to be here. Good, good. Um, You, uh... You piqued my curiosity with the tweet you had a few weeks ago, um, which is kind of something we're going to talk about tonight about kind of Star Wars and kind of some of the uh, the inspirations behind behind what what made Star Wars what it is today. So I'm really looking forward to getting to get into that in a little bit here. Um, first, uh, if you could, for the audience, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and in your show and kind of the stuff that that you're into. Well, I, too, am very, very much into sci fi. If you can't tell I'm for those listening i'm wearing john carpenter's the thing all over my chest right now uh that's my favorite horror movie uh and space movie too you know I'm, i love sci-fi i love horror and i think in a big way uh movies and the themes in them similar to to your podcast uh definitely kind of kept my curiosity spiked over the years with all the themes in them and everything and i think that was uh, an angle that drew me into conspiracy theories um, but also my past experiences with psychedelics are, are the, the things that I treasure most and fear most. And they um, kind of opened me up at a younger age to philosophy, psychology, just all kinds of science and questioning everything, you know. 
so yeah that's kind of where i started and that's definitely how i i got into like people like joseph campbell that we're going to talk about and uh yeah after psychedelics and everything seeing star wars again (laughs) that i'm sure yeah that's that's an experience right there i mean it's such a it's such a visual medium that you know any anything you have that enhances that experience just makes it you know puts puts it over the top oh yeah definitely yeah, so, um, yeah, so if you tell a little bit about, about your show, like kind of what are, what are some of the topics that, you know, you, you personally are, are interested in? I'm obsessed with like ancient symbolism and, you know, Joseph Campbell specifically kind of alludes to how old this tale really is, you know, I mean, this is a tale as old as time. And um, I, yeah, I love the ancient mysticism from the East and the esoteric stuff in the West from the old world. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've tried to focus my show kind of on the idea that let's start at the core. Let's start as far back as we know, you know, it doesn't matter how messed up the dates are. It doesn't matter. Let's just go back as far as we can and use these kind of examples and see it projected throughout time. And let's, let's get a better picture that way. And my show is kind of all over the place though, at the same time. I mean, I feel like any topic you talk about in this realm is kind of it leads to the same inner core areas you know so that's kind of what i try to focus on but i um i don't know i'm gonna see where it takes me you know this is very young you know this show so i want to have a lot more round tables that's my main thing like not not every episode but uh specifically regarding like big topics that we've seen so many different thoroughly researched uh, well accounted for theories about one topic that that you know it's like I've seen so many theories for one topic in certain cases like for instance you know you talk about religion and Christianity and things like that for instance you, you got uh, astrotheology in one angle and then you have like all the the creepy possibly physical evidence in this you know it alludes to some visitation back and that created all the religions so you have a lot of different theories for the same story going on in our lives. And that really bugs me because I feel (laughs) like every one of us can have great guests on that would completely disagree with each other, but they're all very thoroughly put together with their, with their theories. And I really want to hope to like bring, I want to bridge the gap. Basically that's kind of what I want to eventually try to do with some of those like round tables and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 Like I, I do love, I love the, that round table format. Um, I know you've been on Union of the Wanted a few times, you know, we were both just on it the, yeah, this, this, pa- this, this past week, great, great time. You know, it's so many great thinkers. Like, you know, I was on there. I, I, I was like, I'll be honest. I was kind of scared to death. Cause I'm like all these people have been in this game for 10, 15, 20 years. Like, like who am I um, oh, yeah. to, to, to come in, you know what I'm saying? So, but it, it's great just to be, to be there to learn. I mean, everybody, and that's what's great about this, you know, alternative media or truth community, whatever you want to call it, um, area that we kind of operate in is that everybody listens and everybody tries to learn from from one another for the most part, um, which I think which I think is great. Because like you said, we all bring different ideas and thoughts to it on, on religion, on uh, even like, you know, things like Star Wars. We, I don't know if we'll get into it too much, but even like the concept of like the force, like that's also a very polarizing kind of topic as well you can go into multiple areas you know some people think it's like uh an absence of god some people think it's it, it is god it is the energy you know so you can kind of 
think about that from a lot of different angles as well. But but the the great thing about it is we can all kind of sit around and talk about it and you know nerd out, geek out about it a little bit. And it just it it's it's good it's good stuff. But I I, I yeah to, to your one point it's it's a little frustrating because like there is no definitive answer to a lot of the stuff. You know we all come at it from our own points of view, um, what we've experienced, what we've learned, what we've researched. But it's like one of those movies that's very like open ended that you can kind of come to your own conclusion about what really happened, you know, and that some of that, you know, can drive you can drive you crazy. Um, but it gives us a lot of uh, time to to kind of talk and digest about it, which I think is which I think is really great. So, um, yeah, so so we talked you alluded to it a little bit kind of the topic we wanted to, to talk about today was um, author Joseph Campbell. Um, he was a pretty serious influence on Star Wars, I would say if I had to pick kind of the main influences from star Wars, I would probably boil it down to like four things for one, like George Lucas was really into like world war II, that kind of stuff. Um, he was really into like the flash Gordon series, like those Saturday morning serialized cartoons that were, that were really big back in the day. Um, Akira Kurosawa from Japan, you know, great, great movies in the fifties in and sixties. If anybody hasn't seen like seven samurai, um, that's an absolutely, oh, yeah wonder wonderfully beautiful film that i think yeah. still hold i just watched it a few months ago and i mean the the concepts and themes they talk about still hold up till today and and then the fourth thing i would say is joseph campbell um so it if you can kind of um give everybody a little taste about kind of from from your from your knowledge from your experience like who joseph campbell was and kind of what he brought kind of to our world in terms of you know theology and in, in pop popular culture man so when i think about joseph campbell I think about, <laughs> I like to call him the Fred Rogers of the esoteric world. I think that's a great description. I mean, every, if you watch his videos, that's exactly the vibe I got. I, I, I couldn't necessarily put a, a word to it, but I think you nailed it right there. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's so gentle in his delivery of everything. And it comes out in his writing as well. He's so well-spoken and so clear. And he does kind of, it seems like he's speaking to children in a way, which we all kind of are in the realms that he knows about. I mean, I don't know too much about like his history, like behind him, but I know about a couple of his books. I found him on accident when I was younger because one of my favorite mind F books is uh, Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. If you're familiar with that one or not, it's it's just wild this the the book starts in the middle of a sentence and it ends in the big like to finish that sentence at the beginning of it wow so it never ends and that is one of the billions of points in that book but joseph campbell so this was a crazy thing that came out into culture uh that book and a mere like four or five maybe six years later joseph campbell came out with a book like this big trying to decipher the entire thing and that was extremely ambitious for the time and it triggered a bunch of other authors to do the same and since then you know a lot of the things that james uh, james joyce uh or that um campbell thought he got right about joyce you know has been you know dug into and studied and researched and newer authors have has got have gotten it more correct or whatever or corrected him but for the most part he really set the stage and in um how deep this other author was for me because like i was obsessed with james joyce and 
then I jumped off and got onto Joseph Campbell because I had heard about the Star Wars connection. And that blew my mind open because <laughs> it just, when I watched Star Wars again with Joseph Campbell in mind and after reading The Hero with a Thousand Faces, it just, it, it started to sink in that it was everywhere in Hollywood. You know, it wasn't just Star Wars, it was Indiana Jones. It was, it was literally every hero story. And then I started thinking about religion and that's when I started getting into um, Campbell's more uh, esoteric writing and everything. And yeah, I mean, he basically modernized in a very Mr. Rogers way, the very ancient ways and traditions that are usually scared out of people by figures like, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Crowley or Crowley. Right. You know, everyone says that he modernized and he revel, you know, he saved this dead world, but so did Joseph Campbell, you know, it wasn't too far afterwards. So, I mean, that's my argument is that Joseph Campbell's the one to go to for that information. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, and it's great because I just started reading the hero of a thousand faces. I'm really looking forward to getting into it. And, and a little bit later on in this, I'm going to pull up a PDF, just kind of a breakdown of that hero's journey because yeah, um, it, That'd be great. It, it, it's such a, like you can put any movie in this template and in every, pretty much every single movie with limited examples works because um, you know, he studied ancient Roman mythology, Greek mythology, um, Egyptian mythology, he, all this stuff. And he, he's like, you know what, these things keep, these stories and archetypes and characters just keep occurring and occurring um, it, with slight iterations, but you get the kind of the same things over and over. And, and not that that's a bad thing, but it kind of goes to that whole phrase, you know, nothing new under the sun. It's just, we kind of change it and remix it and kind of put a new, a new label on it. You know, even, you know, things like Star Wars that people think is so inventive and so in, in, in um, a work of genius it, it's kind of also, it's a hodgepodge of a lot of stuff, right? It's a hodgepodge right. of a lot of Japanese mythology. It's a hodgepodge of a lot of Hindu um, spiritual mythology. Um, and you go back and back and, and it, it, it really, it, it all, it, it all works together that way. So I just think it's, um, it, it's, it's great that George was able to kind of, to dive into that and in, into that work. So um, which which of his books i know he's written a bunch of books yes. which 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 ones are you familiar with most mostly just the main two well not the main two but the hero with a thousand faces and his book on james joyce which okay. was incredible um i can't even I'm, the name is escaping me right now <laughs> i'm actually gonna look it up because that's gonna be really nuts but um but yeah, those two books are the only ones I've ever read by him. Other than that, I've just gone down YouTube rabbit holes and read tons of articles about him because very much like James Joyce and other authors of that time period, there's like, you know, he's studied as well. All of the things that he was saying are constantly contemplated over and over again. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, he did a great video series. It was probably in the 80s called like The Power of Myth was like the one I was watching recently. And there's a lot of different um, clips of that you can find on YouTube. But I think, I think what you said earlier was kind of a great point about him being almost like the Mr. Rogers in this, in this area because he, he talks about a lot of different religions. He talks about a lot of different um, things. And, and he's, not, he's not shitting on any one of those things specifically, right? He's trying to find what the, what the purpose, what the intent of that is. You know, he got into, I just watched one about, you know, his thoughts on, on Jesus and, and who was Jesus 
and he kind of got very philosophical about what he thought that was. Was it a was it a real person? Was it a thought? Was it an idea? And it, it was in in no way did he say, "Oh, Christianity is 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 BS. This is the real." He just like let's just theorize this all because um, while we can all hold beliefs about certain things, none of us really truly know. Um, no. And anything at the end of the day, I mean, I think we we all think think we know and I think we all have beliefs about certain things, but it's impossible to know concretely. So he really likes to to kind of to to draw that line of, you know, let's just let's talk about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I personally have a really hard time just accepting. Well, okay, I have my truth. It's like, no, I don't. I have my illusions or my ego has his own truth. Sure. Yeah. No. And so like that collective truth is so sought after from my perspective. Like I, I just, I can't be satisfied with being like, well, I believe this on any level, which kind of drives me nuts half the time. But yeah, Campbell does a really great job of synergizing all of it together. Um, he does something that definitely trickled down to, you know, future generations. I don't know if you've ever heard of a man named Ken Wilbur. But he's um, a very intense guy. I don't even know if he's doing anything anymore. He's pretty old. But he's written some intense books. And I'll, uh, I'll shoot you some links because he's a very interesting guy. Um, but his idea that I had always heard really is Campbell's concept. And that's put it all on the table and get rid of what is unique. You know, everything that fits together, you know, everything overlaps, let it stay. And then get rid of anything that sticks out like a sore thumb, because that's clearly, it's not correct. It's, it's how whatever culture humanized it in their own way. But you see the underlying themes throughout every religion and every spiritual practice, from the Hopi Indians all the way to, you know, Roman Catholicism, regardless of how they are, but it's all the same underlying story. You know, it's just- right colored in a different way by different time periods and different cultures and that's what always fascinates me not only about Campbell's work but I mean Manly P. Hall did did a lot of the same stuff Manly P. Hall is another insanely revered writer of the 20th century and he did a lot of the same work he, he exposed a lot of the old world and the old world was a unified one so the best examples we have are from our more modern religions. Uh, the story of Jesus, you know, Campbell does get really far into the different possibilities of uh, which direction it could go, you know, and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, how you have astrotheology, which is really fascinating and it makes too much sense. But then you have other work like star myth, where they relate all the characters in all these religions to the movements of stars, not related necessarily to, to uh, the zodiac, but just you know, events in the sky, you mm -hmm. know, Lucifer being described as you know falling from heaven, being like a you know an impact. But what um, Campbell kind of subtly suggests throughout some of his work, in my opinion, from what I've taken, is that it's kind of all echoing one another on purpose. That you know it may not be some alien or physical or, or angelic force uh, creating these perfect, you know, synchronicities. It's more that it's, you know, the phenomenon of nature itself has it built in perhaps. 
So that's, that's kind of cool. right. Yeah. It's this stuff is, it's, it's, it's so deep and it's, it's overwhelming and there's, there's so many different, different uh, facets to it to, uh, to think about from that religious perspective, um, specifically around um, Star Wars, kind of what is your, what, what's your kind of overall take on, on the Star Wars? Have you, have you seen them all? Are there certain ones you like, certain ones you don't like? Kind of what's your, what's your kind of take on the, on the series as a whole? So when I first found out about your podcast, I got really, really excited because <laughs> I love Star Wars and I've always loved Star Wars. And I knew that someone in the, you know, with a conspiracy mind, that's going to be the right person to do it because they're going to recognize the bullshit for what it is. And that's going to be a good thing because I do not want to hear some just uh, lapdog, you know, thing about star Wars anymore, because oh. the fact that it's even this far into pop culture makes me cringe. Oh, I'll tell you what, like, dude, you know, I, I, I search out like on Twitter and Instagram, like other people like us that are that like star Wars that are kind of into this stuff. So like, I'm, 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 I'm trolling and looking around like, you know, people that are commenting on like, you know, the main Star Wars pages and stuff like trying to find some people that I can like talk to. And I found a, a, a few cool, cool people that have, you know, are, are, are open to ideas and stuff. But dude, most of them, you look at their profiles, it's like he, him, all these different flags, hashtag this, hashtag this. I'm just like, my God, they're all just clones of one another. None of them, none of them. Are, and, and even like there's one Star Wars podcast I listen to called Rebel Force Radio, which they, they kind of cut the shit. They don't really um tow a company line but all the other ones are basically just just shills for lucasfilm and disney because they want to be at those premieres they want to get those interviews and stuff like that which is it's and it's nauseating because you can you can bring up you can, there's fair criticisms of this kind of stuff but when they purposely go out of their way to just be a, a corporate shill or just be a virtual signaler online like it's just it, it's nauseating yeah, absolutely, man. Um, do you remember the movie Fanboys? I'm assuming you do. Yes, great movie. Do you like yes. that? Yeah, I love that movie. And when that came out, that was kind of before a lot of like the newer Star Wars hype. What year did that come out? God, that was. I think it was like 2000. Ago. I think it was like 2008. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, around that time. And when did the first new movie come out? Uh, 20, later, right? 2015. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I thought because fanboys seem to speak to us. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. that was back when movies were allowed to. I don't know why because it was all corrupt even back then. But that movie kind of spoke more to the rebellious mind, I thought. And that is not the Star Wars fan that is framed anymore in our yes. culture. And what I meant before about how like Star Wars is so far into it, it's always been there. Of course, that's it's been pop from the very start. That's fine. But just the type of pop it's it's involved in, you know, the type of pop culture it's it's been snared by is just really weird and gross. And I think Joseph Campbell would be rolling over in his grave just as much as George <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> right. Yeah, because he kind of took you know, Disney has kind of taken the story and kind of flipped it on its head and kind of you know, rewritten, I think some of the best, the best parts of it and, and changed, basically changed the ending, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I actually I, haven't I think, seen the newest one. I will admit. I have yeah. Not. Don't, 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 don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, don't, should I, I mean, should I at least, cause you talk about all the, you talk about the new ones and, and they all work into the story. I mean, yeah, and it does yeah, but, the hero with a thousand faces means that everyone's saying it's just the same movie all over again. Yeah. That's, kind of the point unfortunately oh. for <laughs> i agree with the hate a lot of times about some of the newer star war movies but 
it's still the hero with a thousand faces. That's right. kind of the whole yeah. point. Like the first it's chapter, like show, it's driving it home to us. It is. It know? is like the first chapter, like the Force Awakens. That one had so many obvious parallels to the original. It was basically like the the, the same thing. Like a droid was carrying a message. They have to go oh, destroy yeah. a Death Star. Like very. And honestly, like I was so hyped about it. I didn't even really pick up on that at the when I was watching it, just because I was so hyped to see Neither it. But then I, after the yeah. fact, I I thought about it, I'm like, wait a second this the they the they raid this planet this robot goes off here they find this girl they somebody's kidnapped they rescue a person from the death so I'm like whoa this is kind of but but it's still like i think i think they did it in a clever enough way that um even like for a hardcore fan like myself i didn't really pick up on it you right. know it was like yeah. after after the fact you kind of think about it but i think that was the most one of the most well done ones they did because they added a lot of humor into it i mean you, you have harrison ford in there you know you're you aren't, you aren't going to go wrong there Right. Um, but like, yeah, then the story just kind of unravels because of just they tried to do it too quick, you know, just the Disney corporate make money for the shareholders kind of kind of situation. So, yeah, you know, watch the new one, drink a bunch of beers, do do whatever, whatever uh, <laughs> illicit whatever things you need to do to, to get to get through it. Um, yeah, I mean, I they, they bring back the emperor for, for some reason. I mean, they I even heard that. <laughs> they even say that, like, there's an actual line in the movie, like this is an exact quote. I, I shit you not. They say quote um palpatine came back somehow <laughs> like like they like the, the writers couldn't even couldn't even get that get that uh, yep, you know deal with it yeah we don't care, just, we don't care. right sorry right. but but, e but even that in itself like as corny as that is it kind of goes back to um like i talked about one of lucas's inspirations was like the the flash gordon series like the main villain in it would would be supposed dead and then came back and was supposed dead and came back it's it's like everything, right? It's like the Avengers, all that stuff. Like the villain always comes back, so Get you can kind of next time, right? Right, shaking his fist, like ah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna do it. So yeah, it was kind of frustrating, but you know, um, I don't know if you've been into like the Mandalorian series at all. I watched the first few episodes of the first season, and I it, it not, no fault of Mandalorian. I just kind of I got away from a lot of TV. I yeah. just um. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I don't, been I don't able blame to you. get into a new series in a while, and that one was getting good. I kind of backed away at the same time that I was like just digging back into all the conspiracy stuff and on that really low energy, digging into all the negative crap. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going <sighs> to... That's probably a lot of deep metaphor that I don't want to force my <laughs> brain to watch right now because I know it's going to start translating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah nothing wrong there i mean so much yeah I'm, I'm the same way like other than that like in another star wars like animated show like i can't really watch much tv anymore just because of of all the crap we know that's in there and like you can't unsee it like yeah. all the all the programming all the predictive messaging they're, they're putting in there it's it's ridiculous like i i've been watching black mirror which is just basically like our world right now i mean it's 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 like things that are probably happening next week so that's mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of frightening in its own. It's like, yeah, this is this is a great thing to watch before going to bed. People having like brain implants like I should just probably turn this shit off. <laughs> yeah, I felt that way just the other night when I put on um, season two of Love, Death and Robots on Netflix. That's another uh -huh. show that's very similar in that aspect where it's just right in your face. It's like, yo, cyberpunk and, and it's the future. It's the cyborgs. It's it's all right here. It's not even just like this faraway myth anymore. We're going to put this along with the same kind of cell phones and the same kind of 
clothing styles like it's happening yeah <laughs> it's oh crazy, gosh you know it's just it's, ugh, it's just right it it's just it's just yeah like you said it's just it's just right in their face they're not they're not hiding it anymore like like some of us uh catch on to it but for the most part like outside of our world like i, I don't think anybody really thinks anything of it i mean shoot like three, four years ago, I, I wouldn't have thought anything of a lot of this stuff either. But right. you know, the the more you think about it, the more you're you're waking up to this stuff, you can't, you, you can't turn it off. Um, so let me talk about let's talk about the the thing real quick, your your favorite movie there. Sure. Um, By all means. I have not, I've actually not seen this movie, or if I did, it was a long time ago. What's kind of like okay. the what's the plot of it? And is there any kind of conspiracy type stuff? associated with it well i'll tell you this that um if you're if you're familiar i'm sure you're with familiar with isaac wyshop and yes he, he definitely has done episodes on john carpenter's um, apocalypse trilogy which is i believe i don't know i'm not even i never even was familiar with that name that title that apocalypse trilogy but i believe it's the thing it's escape from new york and it's they live okay i think, I think those are the three that they're talking about that makes but, sense um so he goes into a lot of that kind of stuff. I, I kind of had my own sighting on the thing personally, because I like John Carpenter and I don't know how to just suddenly start distrusting all of our writers and, and all of our movie directors that we've you know loved over the years. It's a, it's a hard thing to deal with when suddenly it's all like, Oh, it's all predictive programming and stuff. It's like, well, maybe it's just predictive programming for some where for others it's, helpful stepping stones along the way to becoming a you know a stronger warrior because in my opinion just like in hook how you know peter pan is his greatest and most worthy opponent and he needs to be ready because the fight needs to be worthwhile so maybe that would explain like the predictive programming aspect of it and i completely trailed off man what was the question <laughs> no um i want to comment on that a little bit there about about like you know all of a sudden it's like now everything like oh god there's there's symbolism here here everything is 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 this and that and you know there, there's also an aspect to it of probably like some of these people I, I mean obviously not every single person is in on whatever this huge global cold is i mean i, I there's probably there's select few but you know, when we're talking about every single individual director here, like a lot of them just probably thought there was a lot of cool stuff. Like this is a really cool thing to do, right? Like Star Wars, we can have a planet that blows up other planets. That's a really cool thing. And then you can kind of, and like people like me, like I'll, I'll pick that apart, you know, all, all day and night just because I like it so much. I think there's a lot of different ways to talk about it in, in metaphors and stuff in there. But, you know, for some of it, maybe it's just the simplest answer was they just thought it was cool. So I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you there. Like, I, I don't want to just think that every single thing and every single person, every single acting and directing choice was like some, some super psyop thing. And um, no, I just go a step further and say that they were trying to talk to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, no, about, about the thing, kind of what the plot okay, was and yes, kind of what thing. kind of conspiratorial right. elements go. in there. Yeah. So the thing, the basic plot without giving too much away, it only came out in 82. So I don't want to give too many spoilers away. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, go see it. Definitely try check it out sometime. Don't see the 2011 version until you see the 1982 version. So it takes place in Antarctica, the most mysterious and conspiratorial place ever. So there and, you go already right off the bat. <laughs> boom. There it is. And, um, I believe that John Carpenter is quite the conspiratorial guy. I mean, whether he's a, a shill for the Satanists or he's one of the good guys in there, 
that just is similar to us. You know what I mean? But um, I think his themes make sense in this movie because it's about this spacecraft that landed quite a long time ago. I won't give that away, but uh, it has this this creature on board that can shapeshift and it takes you over and mimics you. It mimics you on a cellular level all the way up. And um, so basically once they start figuring out what's going on, suddenly nobody trusts anybody. And it's this shack. It's this just tiny science station out in the middle of this absolute horrible Antarctic blizzard where they can't reach out to any of the other bases. McMurdo's not coming in. And they're trapped there. I think it's like 12 guys or 10 guys. And they have a fleet of uh, sled dogs and, and all hell starts to slowly break loose and everything starts to fall apart. And my favorite guy, my favorite actor, Kurt Russell is the, the protagonist. And he um, basically is like one of us kind of like the conspiracy guy that's in the background going, Oh shit. I think I, you know, see what's going on. And uh he kind of tries to save the day, but it's it's a big twist at the end. It's it's hard to talk about it and and not give stuff away. You know what I mean? Because right. the movie, it's it's one of those movies you see it once, and then it's like, oh my god! And then you watch it again for all the stuff you missed. It's yeah. kind of like that sixth sense effect. But then you just watch it a hundred thousand times over the years, and you lose friends and family members because you just love the thing so much. And yeah, yeah. But um, but the conspiracy part for me is the mimicry, the per nearly perfect mimicry. And I will say that the 2011 prequel, which was, in my opinion, done well, other than the studio getting its grubby hands on it later on and um, putting a ton of CGI where there was first very practical effects in right. uh, paying homage like a like a nod to you know all the all the guys that worked on the thing but specifically shit my, his name escapes me at the moment but it wasn't like rick baker i can't remember but yeah so 2011 does it really well where the thing can mimic you but it can't mimic any uh inanimate objects so if you have any false teeth those are going to fall right out and everything so they eventually you know use that as like a way to kind of who's human and who's not and stuff like that but it's so I liked that because it was so close to the mimicry. It was very almost human. But if you knew what you were talking about and you were the crazy person in the room, you could kind of figure out what was going on and how to tell the difference between the two. And I feel like that's kind of what our goals are all the time in this community. You know, when I watch something new or my wife tells me about something new coming in from screens in general. But, uh, you know, information coming at us, I'm always, I'm all constantly trying to look for, okay, well, wait a minute, where's the source on this? Is this okay? Or is this that long historical mimicry that the bad guys always seem to lay out to lure us away from the thing? It always seems like there's a mimicry laid out upon whatever is good, whatever could help us, whatever is transformative. There's almost a perfect mimicry laid out next to it and you could think of any topic you know food right okay we could be hunting we could be growing our own food but we get it from a convenient mimicry which has tons of you know horrible bullshit chemicals in them you know i mean you can go as crazy or not as crazy into the food topic but you see what i'm saying you can go into any real topic and there's that 
meaningful, transformative stuff. And then there's the mimicry laid upon it. Wow. And, and you can even go back as far as like in, in the Bible, like, like the serpent in the garden of Eden, right? Like, um, it, it's, te- it's telling, it's telling you it, it's wanting to be your friend. It's telling you, Hey, you can do this. You can do that. Don't worry about that. This is fine. And, and even I think that kind of ties into Joseph Campbell too, you know, he, and I'll pull up this, um, PDF here about some of the hero's journey stuff. I think it, yes. it's, it's in here. Let's one of the, it. one of the character archetypes is uh, a, a character called the trickster. Mm-hmm. And um, he he's laid out the trickster could be anything from like you think about like all like the Aesop's fables and stuff like that. There's always like like a fox or a wolf or um, a coyote, something like that. That's always or even a snake. Right. Something very devious in nature mm-hmm. that um, that tricks some people into doing this or that. And, and he'd even Joseph Campbell even mentioned too, like, well, you could even say that trickster is 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 could be God. He could be he could be doing things that play tricks on people as well because because he can for whatever righteous reason what what have you but it 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 shows it manifests itself in so many forms and like you said could mimic what we want to to be told what we want to hear and I think that's why all this disinformation out there works because it, it tells people hey what you know let's let's throw something like vaccines or whatever like this is safe this is effective. It puts people in a calm state of mind saying, oh, okay, this is fine. This is good. Like you said, it's mim- it, it, it's a mimicry. It's, it's a trick. It's yeah. all a trick. And it's, it's frightening that it's a good thing. It's like a double-edged sword that do we stay the fringe or do we come, become more popular? Because think about it. They're after whatever we're after. We're the trend, not them. So whatever we're into, they're going to start using to spread their message. That's always been the case. So, you know, that mimicry, it plays tricks on us because we always tend, especially in this community, community, we look at very specific things and we go, that's evil. That's part of it. And you go, yeah, but wait a minute. You got to go back further through the chain. You got to see how it all triggers it over and over and over again. You know, it's weird how it happens like that. Right. It's, it's not trickster. It, yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead. the tri- it's not one. There's never one isolated um, incident. It's all all these things are um, used, used and, and combined you know? together here. Let me uh, just like, me... you know, I, I have heard many people say, like, you know, I don't watch these movies anymore. I absolutely can't. I'm throwing away my childhood, basically, you know, with with Disney and stuff. And there I'm OK with that. But like. <laughs> it's hard. It'd, it'd be hard to do with a, with a lot of stuff because most of it, I think, is just being used um, in a bad way. Not necessarily like it is at its at its roots. You know what I mean? And right. I can say that right. about religion, especially with everything we're going to talk about with the hero's journey and how it it really connects to all of us. And and you know, we have an internal journey that we're on, and we run into these archetypes. So, right. Cool. All right. Here, let me. Let me get this set up here. All right. Let me share my screen here. Here we go. Okay. So let me see if this works here. Okay. I'll make it a little bigger here too. So what I have here, this is um, this is just a PDF, and it kind of comes from that 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 book we talked about. It's called a hero, the hero of a thousand faces that Joseph Campbell wrote. I don't know. I think it was like the fifties or sixties, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, way back, like way back then. So um, what he what, what he does here, he establishes this thing called the hero's journey, which is basically, uh, it's like a 10 or 11 or 12 step process that gets a character in a movie, a show, what have you, 
from, you know, the beginning to the end. And you see a lot of this stuff kind of reverberate. And he, they give some um, examples in this little kind of summary here. So the, um, the starting point is always um, this thing called the ordinary world. So think about Star Wars, right? Like Luke Skywalker, obviously it's in space, but that's, that's kind of irrelevant to the story. He, he grows up on a farm. You know, he grows up on the farm in the middle of nowhere. And even these other examples they give here about Wizard of Oz, The Hobbit, um, et cetera. Yeah, I got a list too. I brought some, I brought some with me too. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, so like, like Wizard of Oz, same thing. Like in the, she, grew, she, she was on a farm. And even like, like the, the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, they were in, you know, Hobbiton, which is basically like a, a little farm village, you know. So, so they start in this kind of uh, a little little village here. What kind? What other? What examples do you have? So I I wrote down Merlin and Arthur. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Gandalf and Frodo, Dumbledore and Harry Potter, Morpheus and Neo, and I thought about that farm part. How they all start off in very simple lives. And sure, we could say that Neo is like poor, but he's in a cubicle. He's in a farm, <laughs> like. Yes. And, and he's also a hacker. He's probably farming for fucking crypto. Or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just thought about that earlier as I was like, uh, I was talking to my wife about kind of what we were going to be talking about. And I was talking about farm. I'm like, wow, that is really interesting that it's that it's those kind of parallels. And then so so really and then it goes on to say here, I think this is really important. It kind of ties to, you know, um, stuff about kind of what we talk about in kind of this conspiracy world about the heroes exist in a world that's considered ordinary or uneventful by those who live there. Often the heroes are considered odd by those in the ordinary world and possess some ability or characteristics that make them feel out of place. I think that's true, right? I mean, I, you you probably black feel sheep. that, right? Exactly. It's the black it's the black sheep effect. Like you talk about people talk with people about certain things, even if they're like your closest friends, family, etc. Like you've get you've probably seen a lot of those weird weird looks, a little weird stares. Like oh. okay, whatever. You're that one dude. Okay. Oh, always, yeah, man. It's it's. It's just how it goes. And, and you hear that kind of talk everywhere. I mean, in the spiritual areas that you, they talk about it all the time, like the, the black sheep is the one that's stuck out and people go down so all create all sorts of rabbit holes of, you know, you were put in a family that doesn't understand you. So they'll wake up in the next lifetime and all kinds of stuff like that. It's, <laughs> it's pretty wild. And then like the black sheep, like, and that's the thing that people say about conspiracy theories and stuff like, well, it's a conspiracy theory one year and then a year later it's a fact so yeah. you know send your apologies to to us <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so then the character goes from um that ordinary world into a call to adventure right like that's that's pretty much that pretty much happens in in everything right like you they're not just they don't just live on that farm right neo just isn't sitting in that cubicle um he's miserable, some, he's miserable. he hates it something um is compelling him to to enter this other world like for luke something is compelling him to enter this this other world and it kind of happens on accident these destroyeds come to him and they start leading him on on this journey um oh, yeah luke talks about what's going on in space like it's the world series you know he's just like what oh and this happened oh man and you get to be around these people. oh my goodness it's it's like it's hollywood to him it's uh, it's unbelievable yeah yeah <laughs> like i was i just actually read the um like the companion novel that George Lucas wrote along along with it, and um, that that is one thing I like about Star Wars as composed to other other stuff that's based on books. Like like Lucas kind of wrote it as just a companion piece to it. It wasn't like the book came out and then they wrote the movie about it. Like you know a lot of stuff like Lord of the Rings and all this kind of stuff. So like I, I, that's one thing I like about Star Wars is the movie came first, 
yeah, you know it's unique in that um, way a lot of for the most part you know but yeah to, but yeah to your point like there's a lot of scenes of him kind of you know i think the biggest scene when you talk about the call to adventures when he goes out and stares at those two sons yes. right like he that's knows the there about. he knows there's something out there and like that's that's a great scene it always gives me chills just that in the music and like we've all had that feeling in our life like man there's maybe maybe there's something else i could be doing is there something else somewhere else i should be and even even other parts in the book it is like looking he literally is looking up in space he sees this battle that's happening up there he's like wow that's cool that's awesome and then um you know he somehow gets gets sucked into it so the, the call to adventure you see that in everything um and even like even you can even talk about like like disney movies or like or like musicals um there's a song there's like if you ever watch like any musical there's always a song at the beginning of all these it's called like the you can call it the i want song right like they want they want to be doing something else right like even in like the lion king like oh i want to be king one day in the little mermaid she's like i want to be where these people are up there like they want to be doing something else so there's your ordinary world there's your call to adventure um yeah and, and there you go um the matrix here so the call to adventure yeah the wizard of oz the tornado in star wars it's that message right like help me over on kenobi etc and then and this is a, and this is a big one and, and it's kind of played off kind of corny i think in some movies um is like the refusal of the quest which is where you know he told luke told obi-wan he said he said, well, no, I can't, I can't go with you. I got to stay here. I got to help on the farm. I got to do this. I got to do that. Um, yeah. And like, <laughs> you can think of a lot of other movies. It's like, it's like, no, I, I can't do that. I'm too old for this shit. I can't go. I can't do, I can't go back there. I can't do that again. It's like, but they always obviously end up going on this journey. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> what other, do you have any examples of this from some of those that you mentioned? Oh yeah. I mean, well, right off the bat, Lord of the Rings comes to mind how hesitant Frodo was and the fear it's, I mean, that's what really, um, I, I picked it up in the matrix and, and star, well, not, not star Wars. Star Wars is pretty unique in that sense. Cause Luke was just completely bummed and just being dragged down by his responsibilities and just desired more. Um, what I see in some of the other ones are, is, is utter fear. And I, I really like that about the Star Wars angle because it's the very Joseph Campbell angle because Joseph Campbell would take on that challenge that like there is no fear in it other than the fear that you create for yourself. You know what I mean? And these other right. movies kind of allude more to the idea of the refusal is like holding yourself back. You know what I mean? Where Star Wars, it's, it's kind of more of a metaphor for the rigmarole of, of everyday life that you just feel is so real that the other life could not be, you know? Right. And mm -hmm. that elevated state is so far away. And my God, the symbolism in Star Wars is that it's an entire, it's space. It's the yeah. farthest <laughs> thing away. Yeah. You know, it's a great metaphor, especially that scene with the two sons. And you just get that magnitude right out of the, off the bat and him right. going slugging back to, to his home and everything. And just, going back to to work on the droids and everything you you almost get like uh, almost a quasi sense of and i just thought about this for the first time a quasi sense of him almost having like like stockholm syndrome right like yeah, he uh we all he's, an, <laughs> he's an orphan right so like this is the only family he's ever known mm. and like he, he 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 couldn't leave them even if he wanted to i mean he bitched the whole time oh, i gotta go do this but then he's like he's like oh, i gotta get out of here then he's like well no i gotta stay and help it's like he like you said he couldn't get out of his own head 
in this. And it really wasn't until his aunt and uncle died that really pushed him over. And I don't think it's a, um, an actual part of this, but like the, the crossing, like a threshold moment mm. for him. Like if his aunt and uncle didn't die, he may have never gone on this journey, you know? That's, so it's, yeah, it, that's true. And the, it's the a way really, they, the way they it's, set it's, Star Wars up that way. It's just so, um, like I, like I said, positive where everything that leads him to that next step is, is uh, not that them dying is positive, but it's out of his hands completely. You know, it's all about the hero itself and the, that the hero's always there through all of these steps slowly emerging. And that's where you get like the Eastern mysticism connections to like the flower of life, the lotus flower that's constantly unfolding and everything it's just ever present but yeah, right sorry i cut you i cut in there no no that no that that's good i appreciate i appreciate that um so yeah there's your there's your refusal of the quest and then accepting the call right so he uh you know he his, his aunt and uncle are dead he's like there's nothing left for me here now basically like this is really his only option now almost kind of resigned to this as his next fate you know right. but i think i think then he kind of you know slowly makes that his own and then obviously throughout the series becomes a becomes becomes a leader and a people and a person that you know people rely on to to help out this cause so um and, and even like they've mentioned examples about like even like the lion king like um he his his dad gets simba his dad gets killed he yeah. runs away he runs away he he um and even he he thinks about going back he's like well it, it's really his kingdom but he's scared he's he's this and that but then at a certain point he grows and learns he's like well you know what now i have to face my destiny and, and and go back so and then that gets to the next stage which it's it's entering the unknown right like luke literally did that there's nothing more unknown than like like he said like the vastness of space like like now his journey could go in any any direction um you know what i just noticed for the first time man from what you're the way you're talking about it it's i'm kind of seeing the hero's journey also like within the hero's journey too because you know Oh, man, the entering the unknown, the way I had always thought about it in connection to Star Wars was Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like literally it like you look at I can look at that trilogy and I kind of see this hero's journey like slowly spread out over all three. But then you can do all nine. You can do the 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 la the latter six, or you can yeah. do what you're talking about. And it's within one movie itself, you can see this cycle. And it's right. that cyclical nature. And look at that. We're back at James Joyce with his weird cycle book. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that, that's true, man. Now we're, now, we're, now we're getting real, real meta. You're right. Like there's so many hero's journeys within hero's journeys within this whole, it's within this whole doll. thing. That's kind of, yeah. and that's a theme, not to like go away from Campbell here, but like that's a theme that I keep seeing over and over again. And that goes back into my psychedelic experiences, this toroidal field, this spiral, this, uh, this pattern. Yeah, this spiraling motion seems to uh, uh, just be everything. It seems like it's everything. It's really creepy. Like it seems like reality itself is, a, is Russian dolls. And it's just Russian dolls inside of Russian dolls inside of Russian dolls. <laughs> and then I guess you could just say something that Joseph Campbell would say, and that's as above, so below. And yeah. that doesn't have to just mean heaven and earth. It can mean that scale and variance, you know? So that's a cool way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Whew. 
I'm, you're giving my you're giving my brain a workout here, dude. And I, and I it's 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 much good. needed. That's I, always a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot. This has given me a lot to to think about, even within this story and within all these other all these other stories. There's so much so much meat in there. There is, um, man. It's so cool. And, and then yeah, we can say this about all of these movies. You know, we could do this literally for all of them, and a million more we're not even thinking about. You know, we could do this right. with Jesus. We could do this with Lucifer. We could do this with Anki and 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 uh, Enlil from Sumer. Like right. this story is freaking everywhere. It's beautiful. Right. And even like you mentioned about like you know multiple heroes journeys within Star Wars. Like the the one I'm just thinking about now is you know take Luke out of it. Like go back to to Luke's dad, Anakin yes. Skywalker. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Like he um. But he failed. You know. Well, right. But but if we look at his hero's journey as a six film arc yeah th then 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 it, it does he does in the very last one we'll get to is, is like a return home at the very right. end he, he does return redemption returns home yeah so man and he takes off his mask which is the most important symbolism connected to that right and and right now take off your mask like seriously Absolutely. don't <laughs> so so here, here we get into uh the supernatural aid like you mentioned before like your frodo and gandalf your mm. your your luke and obi-wan um Cinderella, ne yeah. neo and um gosh i just forgot his name morpheus. uh morpheus right yes they they all have some kind of um teacher Spiritual or guide, yeah. right and, and and i think the star wars was so on the nose i even heard you know joseph campbell talk about it was like what Lucas did was so like Japanese cinema. It's like the old master. Yeah, right? it's like, beautiful. <laughs> like you see that in all the movies, like they go up to some mountaintop and they train with some old wise and master, even you know, Obi-Wan and Yoda, same kind of thing. Yoda, I would say even more so is, is the Japanese kind of archetype um, master, but, 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 but master, yeah. same kind of thing. Um, so in, in Obi-Wan teaches him, you know about the, he gives him the lightsaber which is like the talisman what they say like a, a certain tool right and then also just the supernatural uh ideology as well like he gives yeah. him the lightsaber but he also teaches him how to like that's just one tool but without training your mind it's pointless right the blind test that they do right with the first time they're in the millennium falcon that's not about learning how to use your sword that's all about trying to use your mind to i guess remote view mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and you see that at the end of the movie too right he's attacking the death star and he and he goes back and he closes his eyes again and, and honestly dude yeah. he, even in the the novel that lucas wrote in um at that end scene where he's destroying the Death Star, he basically goes into a train. He basically passes out, and like he's like a mile away from the Death Star, and he didn't didn't even know what happened. And oh, but it 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 was like the four dude. This was like eye opening to me. I'm like that was Lucas's vision. Was that the Force almost took over? Like it was the will of the Force at that point for this station to be destroyed. So wow. Luke was basically like you said, almost a remote view. The force was like remote viewing through him or something like you can get you can go all kinds of crazy oh, yeah. angles with that but uh, i love love talking about the force man i love comparing it to this like personal power that we all have because you know we we i dig into all of this stuff with joseph campbell and he's such a good example because he's so happy and he's such yes. a nice yeah. gentleman you know <laughs> and because of that it's like so you know all these themes that joseph campbell is talking about it is the force you know, people call it source in the spiritual community, in the religious community, it's God. 
mm-hmm. you know, but the force. And when we get into all these old traditions that, uh, you know, a lot of some people in our community accidentally kind of specifically link only to the elites and, and what they're doing negatively with it. It, it kind of puts blinders on to the fact that it's just the force. It can be mm-hmm. used for the evil side or the good side, you know, right. and that evil side is very tempting. You know, it's, it's just, again, it's that story within a story within a story. Right. And, and, and like we talked about a little bit earlier, like the force, it, like some people have, have very kind of polarizing like uh, opinions on it. Like, like Isaac Weishaupt wrote a great book called um, star Wars conspiracy like four or five years ago. It's, it's really great. If you haven't, if you haven't read it, I, I would not read it. highly recommend it. It's, it's maybe a hundred, 150 pages. It's a great read. You know, he gets real deep into the symbolism and, you know, from his, from his perspective, like the force is almost closer to like, um, like a one world religion, if you think about it, um, because what, what Lucas, and I don't know if I necessarily agree or disagree with it, but it's an interesting theory because if you go back to what Lucas has said about the force, he said basically what he did was he basically it was an amalgamation of common elements of all religions like like that there's some life life force that that um that connects all these different belief systems at its core you know so you could you can go down that rabbit hole and say okay well maybe that's a a one world religion maybe that's the absence of god etc but but like what you said it could be uh, it could be as simple as um, believing in yourself or, or any, any, or anything has the power to do good or bad, right? Like, like, like a gun could defend somebody or kill somebody that doesn't make it inherently good or bad. It's just how, how is it being used there or implemented or even like, even like the Bible, right? Like, like some people can use the Bible to help and improve people's lives. Some people can use it, you know, like the Catholic church used it in like the 1500s to, you know, make people pay them to get rid of their sins. You know, like you, you can see it go, go so many different, different ways. And it's, it's basically like, like whoever's wielding it, that, um, that's another one. Yeah. Medicine, right. Medicine. Yes. Yes. And Um, usually because of the inversion, we all like to talk about the good stuff is called bad and the bad stuff is called good. And I, I always think the Jedi is, is kind of the holistic side of things, you know? Yeah. I'm not the only one. Everybody thinks that. (laughs) um, It's when it, when it became apparent to me when I was much younger, it was so beautiful because it just fell right into place and it, it sat right here, you know, right in my heart. Cause I was like, okay, this is all the stuff that I'm discovering on a personal level. And holy shit, it's what all my favorite movies are about. Like my deepest psychedelic experience, I was convinced for a little while that I was Indiana Jones. Like it was, it just became obvious that I was on this magnificent interstellar, interdimensional, whatever, inner space journey. And I was discovering these incredible things. And I was going through all of these stages of Joseph Campbell's like hero's path even within like a trip, an eight hour trip, which felt like thousands of years of epic journeys of the gods. It was ridiculous. All happening up here between my ears. So when Joseph Campbell got into it, I was just like, this is, oh my God, this is great. (laughs) This is the answer right here. And like you mentioned about inversion, you know, there's a reason that um, the powers that be have outlawed psychedelics, marijuana, other things that um, can cause you to think things counter to 
what the what the narrative is, right? Like there's a reason that things like alcohol are legal because it, it's it's the opposite effect. It dumbs you down. It does not, it not in many ways doesn't make you smarter. Not saying it's not fun, but but you know, like just the 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 inherent chemical drug itself is not one that's gonna open you up to better ideas, more enlightened ideas. If anything, right. it's 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 kind of the the opposite. So like you mentioned, in inversion, the things that, that they, they say are bad aren't necessarily bad. They just um and I think it maybe was maybe it was Charlie Robinson that maybe had talked about this in one of his podcasts was that you know, if, if people do psychedelics, mush, uh, mushrooms, weed, whatever, maybe it'll cause them to think, well, guess what? I don't need to focus on the government. Maybe I can just do my own thing, you know, and that's, and that's what they don't want. They don't want that free thought that comes right. from some of those experiences. It's just the questioning, you know, and I think the I questioning, think yes, I think it's like um, psychedelics and marijuana are um, things that they were revelatory to me at the time where I was like, oh, that's why they're illegal, you know, when I was younger. And then now I look at it like, I wonder what else much, much simpler, much, much more condoned by everybody. Like that's where your mind starts to go. Like how much more was, was, you know, uh, held back from us or given to us, you know, for one reason or another, you know what I mean? Like right. how much was Santa Claus a good thing for us <laughs> or was it a bad thing? Was it a dispelling of fantasy and imagination and and get back to work or was it an inspiration to look deeper into things i you know it, maybe it was a dub maybe it was both it's always both right <laughs> right, right there's always there's always <laughs> two sides of the coin there yeah. um all right so these last few points here um he goes into allies slash helpers uh, hold on one second here oh, let me go back up allies slash helpers right like every 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 main character needs needs a sidekick right like hans like Luke Skywalker has Han Solo, he has the droid, he has Princess Leia, you know, uh, Frodo has Sam, you know, that's one of the best, like, you know, on-screen, like, friendship relationships you see, um, you need those, um, and in Neo, right, like, the crew that he meets up with as well, like, you need those companions to go through this journey with you, because if you go it alone, it's, 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 it's difficult, I mean, you need to sometimes, but, but then, and then you kind of get to, right, obviously, the, the test in an a test or an ordeal and then the journey home right that that's that that's like your climax of every movie that's a, that's a pretty easy one to uh to figure out here and even like we mentioned with like the Anakin Skywalker um his, his reward was that he basically turned to the to the good side and he got to have eternal life you know which i think all the people that he killed along the way are going to be pissed about when they see him in the afterlife like dude how do you get to be here? You, you, he repented you repented right at the end, like a Catholic. <laughs> right. Right. Like I saw a lot of good memes of like Anakin Skywalker. It's like a force ghost. And then all like the force ghost kids that he killed. They're like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> it doesn't work like this. Yeah. It's like, yeah. The, the deathbed confessional of Darth Vader. Hey, it's all good. It's all good. Right. Um, oh man. Yeah. So that's kind of, so that's kind of the, the hero's journey. And then they talk about just some, some characters and, and archetypes you you see throughout these as well like the heroes um the shadows I, I like i like the shadow mm -hmm. as a as a as a term for the villain because a lot of times the and, and, you, and you hear this line right all the time in movies right the villain says uh, to the hero you know we're not much different you and i like the, the every freaking movie because that's kind of the same thing the, the villain the villain is the hero in his own story the villain is 
yeah, the villain is basically the shadow of the hero. The villain could have been him uh, in in a prior a prior a prior life, you know. Um, yeah. But but certain circumstances brought them to that to that point. So I like the I like the shadow, especially like Lord of the Rings. Like you see a lot of shadow symbolism, you know, yeah. shadows sweeping the land, all like the shadowy uh, creatures and the cloaks and stuff. Yes. Um, oh man, here's another parallel that's beautiful. It's the uh, Death Eaters to the um, the what, what do you call those riders in Lord of the Rings? With the the wraith, like, the ring wraith, ring wraith. Yeah. So like that's exactly the metaphor you're using with the shadows. Like you think about the Death Eaters in Harry Potter, it, they just looming over Hogwarts and just that whole movie. What was it? Goblet of Fire, I believe. Yes. Or, or yeah, I think it was Goblet. That was the most emo Harry Potter. And it was just so <laughs> depressing. And it was like this adolescence becoming young adult uh, part of Harry's life, you know? So, uh -huh. and isn't that perfect? Because all of us can relate to that confusing, darker, shadowy time in our lives. And now as, you know, in the spiritual community where people are, you know, so many people are going to those spiritual gurus and spiritual social media pages and getting really pretty cool advice and, and seeking out their shadow, going back to those shadowy times and releasing them, their fears and, and releasing it all, you know, the shadow work talked about that villain is perfect. And in beautiful Eastern mystic ways, Star Wars talks about their villains in such a, like, it's already family. It's already the father who's the villain, you know, it's, it's your shadow. It's it, the villain is you. I mean, the, the metaphor is that you're fighting yourself and your, your ego and you're, you're constantly swirling around. Like if you think about the yin yang as two fish constantly chasing one another, you know, yeah. it's, it's just beautiful symbolism there, right? And like you must all the way. And like you mentioned there about fighting yourself, like I think my favorite scene in all of Star Wars is when Luke goes into that cave when he's training with, with Yoda and he yes. sees that shadowy vision of Darth Vader, right? And, and he, is that Empire it, or Jedi? Empire, Empire. That's Empire. Okay, so that's kind of what I, I felt was like the beginning of the, what step was it? For me, was the um, crossing the threshold Part yeah like yes at least on Enter, that entering level, the entering the, the unknown journey. yes yes yeah you know but go ahead that i love that scene that's such an important oh my god yeah yes. like he he yoda tells him like don't you don't need to take your weapons in there like in in um one of the greatest lines he says well what's in there and yoda says only what you take with you and what he took in there with him was was a lot of fear mm -hmm. so he goes into that cave and he sees this vision of darth vader to him it seems real strikes him down the helmet revealed it's himself, right? It's his shadow, it's his shadow self. And like, it's giving it me chills just to shit talk out. about it. And it scares the shit out of him. And he and he doesn't really, I don't even Can't think he it. really- It's not his time to get it yet. He, he, he right. He doesn't get it yet. He, he, he has to get his ass kicked a few more times, you know, until he kind of gets to that, that so it's the point, refusal but... as well, isn't it? It's kind of like oh a refusal God. there. <laughs> At that point, George is just like rolling the dice back and forth. Woo! Like, uh... which which part of it do I want to throw in this scene? Oh man! And, uh, I was just gonna say something. I lost my train of thought. But go ahead. I was just gonna say it. George Lucas has like that Dungeons and Dragons like twelve sided <laughs> dice of like what part of the hero's journey we're gonna go to next. Let's just yeah. let's mix let's mix this all up together. Um, and yeah, so these are just the the other archetypes. There's your um, Harold, the one who brings them to the adventure, threshold guardians, the one who stands in the way of, of their turning points, right? Like that's Luke's aunt and uncle. 
Like if they weren't enough, they were blocking his path. Although like you mentioned earlier, they weren't really blocking his path. Luke was blocking his own path, but he was using them as kind of the scapegoat for that. So in his yeah. mind, in his mind, they were the threshold guardians, but it ultimately he was his own threshold guardian because yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't willing to do that. And then, you know, sh- shapeshifters, I mean, my God, mm-hmm. lots of shapeshifters, um, especially like in the prequel trilogy, talk about like Emperor Palpatine, you know, he, he's the ultimate shapeshifter. He plays, he's playing both sides. He's a politician on one side and he's like Satan on the other side. You know, and he goes Hollywood back and was so lucky that we were too young to understand like fully what those prequels were. T- <laughs> oh, my God, us. dude. Like <laughs> when I when I watched those last year, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I can't believe they yeah. let him listen to him... your podcast has really opened my eyes more because I haven't seen those prequels in so long, <sighs> you know, and you've mentioned it a bunch of times and how it all fits in. I'm just like, oh, my God, what the hell? Right. It's like it's like, how can we create a totalitarian government in space? <sighs> Like it's, it's just every single thing. So how do we sell the, sell the bad guy as the good guy? How do we, you know, how do we infiltrate the entire government? How do we replace an entire establishment and pretend we're making it better? Right. Right. (laughs) It's just all the same themes. It's like, it's it's like, wow. Like, yeah, it's, it's great. And like, yeah. So (laughs) here's the other, like the trickster we mentioned, like there's tricksters, clowns, mischief makers. Is the trickster. And like, even like, I I think, I think Yoda kind of, um, Lucas played him up as the trickster character, but then, um, as just like a little jokey kind of character. And even Luke didn't realize that that's what he was, that he was really, truly the Jedi master. So Lucas kind of like took that character and kind of, you know, made him the trickster at first and then into that, you know, wise old, old mentor. So, and you know, I was talking about that mimicry that like the mimicry is always like devoid of the transformative work where you know it covers up and and kind of lures us away from the actual transformative thing think about who the trickster was in the uh, that that could be seen in the prequels the clown was clearly jar jar binks and he represented absolutely nothing in terms of the the trickster wisdom that's usually a part of that that archetype instead everybody you know loves to to reference the uh you know uh jar jar was a sith lord thing, you know what i mean how <laughs> yeah uh-huh. he ends up being on the council responsible for the whole freaking thing <laughs> but what i saw in that was more of that predictive programming that we were just talking about about those prequels is that it's literally taking one of the most important and crucial characters that belongs to the main protagonist and is needed for that protagonist because of the wisdom imparted yet they remove that wisdom. They remove that part of that clownish trickster character and give him, they, they, they make him f- a failure character and turn him into the one that opened the door for the evil. Right. And it's just a very interesting way that once again, it's a mimicry in my opinion, it, it's laid over and perverts what was once transformative and real. Yeah, yeah, Whew. wow. We, uh, we talked about some stuff. Uh, for sure man great time blabbing my ass off (laughs) oh this this has been uh absolutely uh wonderful i i really appreciate you coming on and going through all this we'll we'll have to do this again sometime soon there's so many there's so many places that we can go we can go outside of star wars we can talk about any anything so um andrew uh tell everybody about your podcast and where they can find you oh well i'm the deep share uh you can find me at the deep share or the deep share podcast on all the you know, controlled social media places. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm on the same platforms as Kyle here to get my podcast, my information and hit me up at uh, the deep share podcast at gmail.com. If you have something to say, or you want to be on the show or whatever you included, I got to get you on man. Cause we gotta, we gotta continue this off oh, yeah. for different other directions, you know, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Anytime you are, just let me know. Cool, man. Well, thanks <clears throat> for right. having me on. It was a real honor, dude. Absolutely. So for, for Andrew, um, I'm conspiracy Kyle and may the force be with you.